That's fine. Um, John Language is preaching today on the road to it with Ursula. Uh, Ursula's not been very well, um, so uh, John is very kindly stepping in on Ursula's behalf. So let's, um, let's get underway straight away, shall we? Let's stand and sing our first hymn, uh, which will be on the screen. Uh, and it's breathe on, <coughs> excuse me, breathe on me, breath of God. Let's stand and sing together. So as we are in God's presence, we're going to pray the prayer preparation together, which reminds us that we need God at every moment in our lives. So let's pray together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we have now a time of confession, of getting right with God. So let's, before we say anything else, let's be quiet for a moment. Do join in the words in bold type. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked abandon their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Turn back to the Lord who will have mercy. To our God who will richly pardon. And so we say and pray together, Lord God, we have sinned against you 
We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so may the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The collect for the seventh Sunday of Easter. Risen and ascended Lord, as we rejoice at your triumph, fill your church on earth with power and compassion, that all who are estranged by sin may find forgiveness and know your peace to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And now Sandra's going to come and bring us our Bible. reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to where are we 14 and it's on 9-2 of the church bibles on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem 
from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, <coughs> Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Joseph, and with his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. And so as we prepare to hear God's word preached, let's sing this song, Open Our Eyes, Lord, and we'll sing it twice through. Let's stand to sing. So Lord, would you speak through John now as he comes to speak and preach, and would you touch him as he speaks from your word? We ask that you would help us to obey, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's not Ursula. The beard is a giveaway, isn't it? She's a lady of many talents and it's drawn in all sorts of directions and she got a bit overwhelmed this week. Um, so I'm sorry if you were expecting her. I, like you, um, I look forward to her ministry to us. Um, but the important thing is that God can speak and... Uh, Whoever's up here speaking, it's what God says to us in our hearts as we listen that's important. Uh, 
Everybody who looks at a passage will find something very different in it, I'm sure. And um, I've, I've scratched out the title I was given, and um, for me, this passage is about the promise of the Spirit, not the power of the Spirit, although the power of the Spirit is mentioned. But the, the key thing here, I think, is the promise of the Spirit. It's been um, 40 days since the resurrection, and in that time, Jesus has been appearing to the disciples and disappearing as well. Um, he's been reassuring them that he has indeed risen. He's been doing some repair work on Simon Peter, reinstating him and reassuring him. He's been telling them about the kingdom of God and what happens next. And uh, he, he does keep telling them that he will be leaving them. But you know, I suspect the disciples um, had just become accustomed to him appearing, disappearing. They'd, they'd had this for nearly six weeks now and it, it had become the sort of norm. And I think it was probably a, a bit of a shock. They were not prepared for what was going to happen to them. And Jesus took them just outside Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives and then suddenly and spectacularly he was taken from them. All through his ministry, Jesus had been telling the disciples that he would leave them and the Spirit would then come to help them. Right from John the Baptist who said, I baptise you with water, but one will come after me who will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Right through to just before his crucifixion. And what's recorded in John's Gospel, chapters 14 to 16, is the sort of longest discourse that we have from Jesus. And that's all about what's going to happen, how they're going to be treated. Uh, and uh, a key part of that is about the coming of the Spirit and what the Spirit will then uh, do with them and for them. So it's no surprise, really, that his very last words to them before he was taken into heaven were the promise of the Holy Spirit who would come to help him. But what or who is this promised spirit? And, and what would he do? And firstly, I think it's important to recognise the person of the spirit. I, I find many people have a, a false picture of this third personality of the Godhead. Some of them seem to think of him as a sort of spiritual four-star unleaded in the Christian's tank, the one who gives us power, you know, fill your tank up and let's get going. Some who are focused on the gift of the Spirit think of him as a sort of Christmas tree where you go and get presents, or a supermarket where you can help yourself to goodies off the shelf. Some seem to think that the Spirit is at our beck and call, like a waiter who will take our orders and serve. But it's very clear the Holy Spirit is a person, not some kind of invisible force. Jesus himself spoke of the Holy Spirit in personal terms. The Holy Spirit is said to hear, to speak, to witness, to convince, to glorify Jesus, to lead, to guide, to teach, to command, forbid, desire. He can be lied to. He can be grieved. These are the marks of a person, 
not a force or an influence or indeed a can of petrol. As the third member of the Godhead, he is part of our sovereign Lord and certainly not at our beck and call. So what does this person do? And again, much of this is in, in John 14 to 16. And it's, it's there all through the Gospels. Keep, Jesus keeps mentioning this about the Spirit coming. But Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as a counsellor or comforter. And the Greek word is parakletos. And I, I, I know that when, when somebody says, oh, the Greek word is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like a sedative that puts you to sleep. You know? <laughs> but actually, it's important. This Greek word has some very, very rich flavours that we need to understand, that will really help us know who the Spirit is. And firstly, it's used as someone called in to help. An ally, a person called in to assist in a situation where you can't cope on your own. This word, secondly, is used of one called in to comfort or console. But even then, it's used in the sense of helping someone to get back on their feet and face life. It's also used of help given in a legal trial. Someone called in to plead the case for the defence. An advocate. A mediator. It means also to exhort or urge. Someone giving the rallying call which sends men into battle. Someone who encourages and builds them up for the task. So the full flavour of the word includes all these aspects of help and comfort and advocate encouragement, strengthening. This is who the Spirit is and this is what he comes to do and to help us with. Jesus also described the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth. Someone who would help us understand God's ways. Who would guide us into God's truth. As someone who would help us to tell the good news to others. The disciples were promised that the Holy Spirit would give them the right words at the right time to tell the people about Jesus. And that clearly was their experience. Uneducated, ordinary men speaking out clearly and powerfully with the good news of Jesus. This is all the work of the Spirit. This is quite a friend Jesus has promised would be with us. And then, of course, there are the special gifts the Spirit brings. The gifts of the Spirit usually bring to mind things like tongues or teaching, prophecy, dramatic things, but there are many, many other gifts, often not expressed express or exercised so publicly, seemingly mundane, but always important, for example, things like administration and service. All these gifts are given not for the benefit or enjoyment of the individual, but specifically to enable the church, as Christ's body here on earth, to be and to share the good news. That's why the gifts are given. But it's not just about sharing the good news. We, we have to show the change that Jesus makes by the way we live. And the Spirit helps us with this as well. In Galatians, Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. One fruit, nine flavours. These are lovely qualities which are the marks of a Christ-like character. Being the sort of people God calls us to be. But the truth is we find it almost impossible to bring such changes to our lives on our own. I will think, I will think to myself, well, I'll, I'll exercise self-control today. And then the neighbour's jug kicks the ball into our garden yet again and self-control goes out the window. We can't do it on our own. But with the Spirit's influence, the Holy Spirit at work within us, we are enabled, we can change, and we can grow to be more like Jesus. So it's not a surprise that the Holy Spirit made all the difference, turning a motley crew of very ordinary people into a group of bold witnesses who change the world. It's the Spirit who makes the difference. I haven't told you anything yet which you didn't already know, which is just a quick reminder for you. And this is just a quick overview of the person of the promised Holy Spirit, the work he will do among us. And I'm sure next week Debbie will, exploring some, will be exploring some of these things in, in detail uh, when we come here on the day of Pentecost. But perhaps a few pointers of things for you to think about as we anticipate that great event, the birthday of the church next week. First, the Bible makes it clear all those who believe and acknowledge Jesus as their Saviour and Lord have the Spirit of God already. Read Romans if, yeah, if you're not sure about that. It's there. But you know, the Spirit is polite and respectful of our right to choose. He does not force his way into our situations. He does not simply take us over. We need to invite him in. We need to be receptive. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. Not as a command, it is not a demand, it is an invitation. Please Holy Spirit, come. Where the Spirit finds a heart open and ready to receive, he will come. Secondly, what he does and when is not up to us. And Jesus says, look, you know, the times and the, and the seasons, you know, the, the dates and the times, God sets those by his authority. This is not yours to sort out. We receive what he chooses to give us, what he knows is best for us as individuals, and what is best to enable us to serve his plans and purposes for this place in which we live. He decides that. He chooses it. We don't demand it. Thirdly, one aspect of his work that I haven't mentioned and is rarely considered when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit that is that he convicts of sin. He convicts of sin. It's the work of the Spirit when he comes. Now, of course, we will never be perfect. If, if God only was a spirit to those of us who are perfect, there wouldn't be much activity of the spirit around. None of us are perfect. 
But I want to say this, where there are things in our lives which are wrong, which we are aware of, but we have we've become accustomed to and we're happy to live with it. I don't know what it might be, greed, lust, selfishness, deception, you know, being economical with the truth, uh, envy, all sorts of things. If those things are in our lives and we're aware of them but we're not worried about them, It'd be no surprise if the Spirit, when he comes to us, deals with those things first. Convicting us of wrong and helping us to deal with it. And lastly, power is a dangerous word. It's a saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And a lot of people long for power. But those who long for it most are usually those who are ill-equipped to have it because they want it to serve their own purposes. Power is a dangerous word. Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But we need to remember this is not our power. It is God's power channeled through us to serve his purposes. And if we desire it for any other motive, it will not be given. So, as we wait in anticipation to celebrate Pentecost next Sunday, I encourage us to prepare our hearts to receive whatever God has for us. Searching our hearts for faults and failings. Being open to receive what he chooses to give. And of course this is not just a once a year thing. We don't have to wait for this Pentecost Sunday every year for it to come round. Praying come Holy Spirit and be at work in me is a very good way to start every day. Thank you, John, very much indeed. <clears throat> I know preachers don't like another uh, sermon after their preach, but just a very quick, for those of you who, lived in, who live in Basin Hill, there was a power cut about half past seven this morning. Maybe God's saying, depend on me for the power that he wants to give to us. Thank you, John. So we're going to now uh, stand, if you're able, and uh, declare aloud what we believe and who we believe in as we say the creed together if you're using the books it's on page three so if you're able please do stand and so we declare we believe in one god the father the almighty maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father.
Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. <clears throat> he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please do sit to pray. <coughs> for our prayers, I'm going to use uh, form A of the prayers on page 32 of the purple booklet if you want to follow that. <clears throat> in the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. Strengthen Michael, our Bishop, and Sarah, our area Bishop, and all your Church in the service of Christ, that those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Bless and guide Charles, our King. Give wisdom to all in authority and direct this and every nation in the ways of justice and of peace. That we may honour one another and seek the common good. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Give grace to us our families and our friends, and to all our neighbours, that we may serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind or spirit. And in a moment of quiet, lift those you know to the Lord for healing courage and compassion. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ. According to your promises, grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. 
rejoicing in the fellowship of all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole creation to your unfailing love. And so we come to the feast. Uh, please remember to share this in a COVID-friendly way and uh, remember there are other uh, bugs and other things around. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We meet in the name of Christ and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us offer one another a sign of God's peace. So as we prepare to take communion, let's join in and sing, Be still for the presence of the Lord.
Eucharistic prayer A. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, granted by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself, made once for all upon the cross, we proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of your kingdom. And with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit. Inspire us with your love and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. 
give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. break this bread to share in the body of Christ. There we are. We are one because we all share in one. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. We continue our custom of sharing the bread from the middle table here, and the wine from either side, and the non-alcoholic wine will be on that side of the church.
the body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. And the blood of Christ, keep you in eternal life. to the Lord, those who are unable to be in church with us this morning. Father, we lift you those who are unable to be with us here uh, this morning in person, whether for reasons of being housebound, in hospital, frailty, or any other reason, Lord, we pray your hand to be upon them and the person of the Holy Spirit to be with them for each moment of the day and the night strengthening, giving them boldness and courage to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> and so we pray this prayer together following him. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. And so we'll now sing our final hymn, Hallelujah. Sing to Jesus. Let's stand and sing.
his seat. There is a notice. Mark wants to uh, give us an update on Christian A Week. Uh, I'd just like to get, ask, say a big thank you for all the supports and prayers we had for the big P challenge yesterday. We were blessed with lovely weather and we managed to collect £600, which is uh, twice as much as last year. So thank you very much indeed. We're up to 3,600 altogether so far. So thank you for your support. And so may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and be with you this day, now, and always. Amen. Amen. And so we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of God.